0: All right, we're going to turn to Genesis 32 today. Verse number 24. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thou power with God and with men and has prevailed and Jacob asked him and said tell me I pray thee thy name and he said wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name and he blessed him there and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted, or he limped, upon his thigh. And the topic, do you have time for change? Paul talks about a change, for he says that God, as we see God for the awesome being that he is, Those of us who he called out by name, those of us who he baptized in the spirit, those of us who he set his anointing upon. He said we are also changed and he used the term from glory to glory, even as by the same spirit of the Lord. Many times we become content with one glory. But the Bible says he takes us from glory to glory. In other words it goes from one experience to the next experience to the next experience to the next experience and all the time you are being changed constantly there's a constant change or should be a constant change in your spirit in your mind not outwardly so much but inwardly now in Romans 12 we deal with the sacrifice of our physical bodies as unto the Lord and he says be not Conform to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transform is the same Greek word that he uses in 2 Corinthians 3 when he says that as we are being changed from glory to glory. It's the same Greek word, transform. Metamorphosis. Now conform, in verse number 2 of chapter 12 of Romans, conforming to this world means that you take on what looks like them, you take on what acts like them. It is the likeness of, but really not a recreation of it. But the word transform is an inward change outward. The most uh, gleaming example that we have of that is the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It is something that when you see the butterfly flying around you, you really don't get, we really don't think of butterflies being an ugly caterpillar, hairy, with many legs, crawling on the ground. Uh, in fact, if we see a caterpillar crawling on the ground, it looks so much like a worm, we're tempted to step on it. But butterflies, for some reason, kids would step on a caterpillar, but with butterflies, they kind of catch them by the wing, and they try to show them off to their friends, they put them in jars. So we have a dual nature. There's an ugly side to us. And if we don't submit to God's change, we will never see the beauty that he intended for us to be. We stay in that ugly phase. Here is what Jacob is dealing with. In the last retreat, my wife dealt with the heel catcher. That person or those people in our lives who no matter what we do to try to appease them, no matter what we do to try to please them, they're always in a mode to dry you out. They're in a mode, in a mindset to just take, take, take until you have nothing left. And this is who Jacob was. He was a person who would do anything he could to get what he wanted. But now we find him meeting God. Now this is 20 years after his Bethel experience. Because after the Bible tells Esau that you're going to shake loose from your brother. You're going to shake loose from the heel catcher. And then his father blesses him, and he sends both sons out, and he says, I want you guys to go get your wives. Jacob goes to his family's house by the name of Laban, and he wants to marry Rachel. But Laban says, you can have Rachel after you work seven years And then after the seven years that he worked, he gave him Leah. He didn't want Leah, he wanted Rachel. So he had to work another seven years for the wife that he wanted. These are the two wives by which he had the 12 tribes of Israel, with them and their handmaids. After 14 years of working for the wives, Laban requested him again to work another six years for the cattle then after six years seven and seven and then six 20 years jacob decides and hears the voice of the lord and says i want you to go back to the place where i spoke to you sometimes in our journey we've been to bethel we've seen the presence of god we've seen the angels descending and we've gotten answers from god and god has worked on our behalf But somewhere in the journey, God calls us back to the place to where he introduced himself to us. But this time, it's going to be a different experience. So when he gets up and wants to go and he leaves Laban's house, Laban says, you can't go. The reason you can't go, Jacob, is because everything that I have gotten over the 20 years is because of your presence. Because of what I might lose, I don't want you to leave. So Jacob makes a way and he makes a bargain with them and and they split up the sheep and say all the striped and speckled sheep uh, I'll take and all of the clean and and, and one colored sheep you can keep and they'll be yours and I'll take mine and go on my way because I've got to go back to my father's house. Laban agreed to it. But when Laban found out that God was blessing Jacob and God had given him a secret that if you put spotted and speckled things in the water for the sheep that what they see and what they eat is going to appeal to their sex drive and they're going to flock to the sheep that are striped and speckled it's kind of like math anything divided by or multiplied by something negative is going to be negative i don't care what you do it with what you multiply it by or what you divide it by it turns that positive thing into a negative thing so jacob ended up getting all the sheep basically so he goes out, going back to, to home to his father. Laban wakes up and realizes that he left and he left with my blessing. See, sometimes when people, God's going to bring people to the point that they realize that you've been a blessing to them and they didn't even realize it. They don't realize it until they've used you up for seven and seven and six total of 20 years They've used you, they've abused you, and then they don't want to let you go because they realize that God was blessing you all the time. All right. Now, before this place is called Peniel, on his way back, Jacob looks up in verse number one of this chapter and he says the angels met him. Now, when the angels met him, I don't know what happened to Jacob, but something rose up in him, some type of courage and said, I want to send my servants and go get my brother Esau. Something about the angels, seeing the angels comforted him and gave him some huxpah, some courage to face that which he had been running from, from 20 years. Now, the Bible says that the Lord giveth his angels to keep charge over us. They're ministering spirits. And a lot of times we don't realize that they're always there. They never leave. God set them there. He has given them assignment, and their assignment is you. Their assignment is your prosperity. Their assignment is your wellness. Their assignment is to make sure that nothing that the devil has created and, and conjured up to destroy you will prosper. We forget that. So when he saw these angels, he said, I'm comforted. Now go get my brother. I got some gifts for him. But then the word came back to Jacob, said Esau's coming, and he's got 400 men. That's all they told him. They didn't say that he, he's in a good mood. He's forgiven you. They don't say that he, he, he's, he's angry. He's upset. They don't say anything. But the fact that Jacob sent for him. And then now Esau's coming. Now Jacob is fearful. Sometimes we ask God to do stuff. And then as soon as we see the blessing coming. Or we hear that it's coming. Then we get frightful. Now am I really ready for this? Am I really ready To deal with what I ask God to do. We tell him exactly what we want. And then when he do it. We shut the door right on the blessing. We pass it up. We step over it. We step around it. And God's saying. This is what you asked me for. So once he got to a certain place. He decides he's going to split his camp. He's going to split all his possessions in half. Here's Jacob. God had already blessed him to the point to where he said, I don't don't need anything else. He's blessed me so immensely that there's nothing that I could think of, but everything that I have is only material. But look at the mindset. Jacob is now, when he came out of the womb, he was worldly. When he got to Bethel, saw the angels of God descending and ascending, he became religious. But religious won't do it. Now he's got to become spiritual. There has to be a transformation from worldly to religious to spiritual. If we stick in the religious world, we will never have our name changed. We will never be able to step into the blessing that God has for us. So he splits his possessions in half. Sends one half one way because he says, if Esau catches one group, at least I'll be able to hold on to the other half. See, when you want to walk with God, you've got to learn how to risk all. If you were to lose all, the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. But he was not at the place to where he was willing to lose everything that God had given him for something greater. So we become fragmented. Our minds become fragmented. We serve somebody with this mind and then we try to serve God with that mind. We try to please this crowd over here but then at the same time trying to please God. We, we split ourselves in half. He's at the border of Canaan now. He sends his wife and his children across the Jordan. Sends them over And then as soon as they step foot to the other side, the Bible picks up here in our text. And Jacob was left alone. Great things can happen when God gets you alone. When he can get you to the place where you can send everything that you have away and it's just you. There was no guard, there was no servant, there was no son, there was no wives, no concubines, no, no, no mistresses, no maidens. All of his family was now gone. And it says Jacob was left alone. That's a dangerous place to be alone in a place where you just saw God's angel. Because you know that God's about to do something. Because the last time he ran into God... God only pronounced blessings upon him, and yet he woke up and said, It's a dreadful place. What is so dreadful about being blessed? Because when you're truly blessed, you realize how small you are. You realize, compare it to God, how powerless you are against him. Now, Jacob was a very powerful man. He had been conquering folk from the time of the womb. He conquered his brother. He conquered his mother. He conquered his father. He went on to conquer Laban. He went and and conquered his wives. He was a conqueror in the flesh. So he says he was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now God reveals himself to Jacob as a wrestler. Now, when he came to the children of Israel, he called Moses out and he said, who shall I tell them sent me? Because they're not going to believe me if I just tell them, y'all follow me. And Pharaoh's not going to believe me if I come and say, let my people go. He said, I'm not going to give you a name, but my name shall be to you. I am that I am. So God knows how to meet us where we need to be met. The Greek, the actual Hebrew means Hashir I will be whatever you need me to be. I will be that when you need me to be it. I will be it where you need me to be it. I'll be it how you need me to be it. It was basically a, a, a blank check for them to write out to anything that they needed whenever they needed it. There was to be no limit to it. If you need salvation, I'll be your salvation. If you need healing, I'll be your healing. If you need your mind to be kept, I'll be your mind keeper. If you need your heart to be fixed, I'll be your heart fixer. In other words, there's so much to me that I cannot dwindle myself down to one name. He can't be for this one what he's going to be for that one because this one doesn't need what that one needs. That's why any parent that steps up with four and five kids and say, I did the same thing and I treated all my kids the same, I I guarantee you that there's going to be at least four unhappy ones out of the five because kids have different needs. People have different needs. Coming out of the same setting, people are going to have different needs. All of the children of Israel came out of the same setting, but he was what everybody needed all at once. Now to Abraham... Abraham was a pilgrim, but he appeared unto Abraham not as a wrestler, but as a traveler. Something that a pilgrim could relate to. With Joshua, who was the head of an army, he came to him in an army mentality. But here, to Jacob, he comes to him as a wrestler. Why is that? Because all Jacob knew was wrestling. He wrestled with Esau. He wrestled with his mother. He wrestled with his father. He wrestled with Laban. He wrestled with his wives. And even his wives wrestled with each other. So now his wrestling and his contention is now getting ready to affect his entire family. Now folks are fighting. The wives are not getting along. They trying to pimp each other, saying, if you give me pomegranates, then I'll give you the man for tonight. So it's starting to create chaos. All right, so he comes to him as a wrestler. And they wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, When he sent his wives and children across the Jordan, the Bible says he rose up in the middle of the night. In other words, he could not rest. How can I lay my head down when I have fear that my brother's coming after me? How can I rest when I believe that God is out to pay recompense for that which I've done wrong all my life? This is where we have to go from the fear of God and lean upon the love of God. Jacob knew that he deserved to be punished. He knew within himself that he had it coming because he knew what goes around comes around. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. See, when you do somebody wrong and you know you've done somebody wrong, you're going to be looking over your shoulder the rest of your life until you get it straight. Now, what Jacob didn't realize is that all those people he had been wrestling with his entire life, the main thing that he had been wrestling against is God. He was wrestling against God and then wrestling against himself. Because God, your relationship with God and the way you are, the being that you are, The tendencies that you have is the only thing that you have power over. You don't have power over what Esau can do. You don't have power over what Laban can do. Leah or Rachel. You have no power over that. So now he's going to come face to face with his real opponent, which is God. He's in the middle of the night. In the darkness of his situation. This is telling us that Jacob was feeling very bad. He was getting to a place, and this happens to us in life, where we look back over our life and we assess it and go, where am I and where should I be in God? There comes that time in everybody's life where where that thing that that has driven you all your life has to die to where you can be born again. It has to die first, though. And when he saw, the angel saw that he could not prevail against Jacob. Now this tells me a lot because we know that the angel is God because Jacob on his dying bed finds out that his name was Shiloh. When he pronounced his blessing upon Judah, he said, the scepter shall not depart from you until Shiloh come. So then he reveals the name, but that's years and years and years later. But right now, all he knew about God was that he was God. He was God and a man. Sometimes that's all we really need to know. You're God and I'm not. But God did not prevail against Jacob. Sometimes God is going to test your tenacity and see and wonder with all of the might and all of the power that you fought with all these other people with. All of the energy that you put into this and put into that. I want to know if you're going to put that much into me. Are you going to fight for me as hard as you fought for daddy's love? Are you going to fight for my embrace as much as you fought for that man's embrace, or that woman's embrace? I want to get you alone, by yourself. So God said, this man won't let me go. He will not let me go. Another reason we know it's God, because the next thing that happens is God puts Jacob's hip out of joint. He doesn't body slam him to do this. He doesn't take his leg and pull it and yank it anyway. He simply touches it. Now, what man can put your entire hip with a touch? All he did was touch it. That really let Jacob know, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this now. (laughs) He has so much power that he can simply put, he can change my entire walk with one touch. To where I'll never walk the same again. Jacob never walked the same again. He lived with a limp. God wants to cripple you in a good way because the Bible didn't say that he was in pain. So what happened is God crippled him and healed him at the same time but left a symptom of it so that he might forever know that I have been touched by God. God said, let me go because the day is breaking. You've been on this long journey, Jacob. You need to get some rest. Jacob says, I can't let you go now. I've come too far. Lord, we've been through too much together for me to just let you go. I don't care what time of night it is. But Jacob, your family's waiting for you. They're they're, they're expecting you. I, I, I don't care about them right now. I realize that I am powerless and all of this wrestling has brought me to nothingness. All of this striving, all of this fighting, all of this bickering, what am I left with? What has been my my payday for all of this than to come back 20 years later and still be running from my brother? I stole the birthright and the birthright legally belongs to me. And yet, I still call my younger br- my my brother my master. The birthright gives me the right to be called the master, and Esau should be the servant. But now I'm placing myself as a servant to Esau, even though I have the blessing from God. They say ill-gotten gain, <laughs> it's not gonna last because you know what you are no matter what you got no matter what title they put on you no matter what they call you you know in your mind I am nothing but a heel catcher I'm a snake my MO is to use and abuse and to leave empty that's what my name means that's who I am God prophetically named me that because he knew what I would be all these years. So Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. That means that now he had respect for this angel that he was wrestling against. He had an honor for him now because he realized that you have the power to bless or to curse me. But when he asked for his blessing, the angel says, what is your name? Now, the last time Jacob was asked his name in the scriptures, he lied. It was when his father asked, who who, who am I getting ready to bless? He said, I'm your son Esau. He went so far as to put hair on his arm and to fake his way and to, to play somebody that he was not in order to steal something. So now Jacob is in the test because nobody had asked him his name since he lied about it. So now God is calling us to be honest. Who are you really? And I want you to say it with your mouth so you can hear it with your ears. So you can realize who you are and stop faking and deceiving yourself. Now if we read Genesis 32, We kind of see that they're in a verbal communication but the communication in this text was not just verbal let's get Hosea chapter 12 I'm gonna read the Living Bible translation verse number two but the Lord is bringing lawsuit against Judah Jacob will be justly punished for his ways. When he was born, he struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and prevailed. Here's how he did it. He wept and pleaded for a blessing. So he didn't just say, will you bless me? But he went into a deep mourning, a weeping, a travailing. He went into labor to give birth to this blessing. This is why we say whatever you need to do when you come to these retreats, if you got to go to the corner and crawl in the corner and, and get into an infant position and roll on the floor, whatever you got to do, cry out, weep, mourn. God wants to know how bad do you want this? Sometimes we come and say, Lord, I just, would you give me a blessing? Lord bless this one. Lord bless. But will you travail over it? He wept and pleaded for a blessing. He met God there face to face. There was no veil. God revealed himself to him. Jacob revealed himself to God. And that's the way it has to work. You cannot keep from God while he's trying to reveal himself to you. Because if you want to play the hiding game, God can play it better than you. He'll hide himself to where, to where you'll be like Esau and seek repentance with tears and cannot find it. So the best thing to do is what is called today. Give your all to God. God spoke to Jacob. The Lord God of Jehovah The Lord God of heaven's armies, Jehovah, is his name. So we see when Hosea picks it up, he says, not only did he just speak it and request it, but he wept and pleaded for the blessing. All of the best prayer times I've had with God is when I was weeping and pleading on my face, tears rolling, snot going, I mean, that is the time. I and mean, Sometimes we come and we want it to look so dignified with the hands raised and, 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 and it looks good. And that, that's good. But if you want to get down deep with God, when you want the change, change can't come when you're holding on to the old. You've got to release the old and come into the new. All right. Second Corinthians three. 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in the glass of the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So God wants to change us. The question is, do we have time? For change. Time for change. Now, we're creatures of time. We're not creatures of eternity. We don't know what eternity is like. Sometimes we think we have, when we're having a, a, a bad day at work, it, be, it becomes a long day. When you're having a good time, the day seems shorter. So, our concept is only confined in time. We cannot understand. Anything about eternity. So when it comes to change, you really got to come grips with yourself and say, all I got is time. I have to depend on time because that's the thing that's going to change me. I have to hold on through the night. All right. Back to our text. So the angel says, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. Jacob. He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. So you're going from hill catcher or grabber to he who wrestles against God. For as a prince, you have power with God and with men. See, the only way that you're going to ever have power with men is you got to get power with the creator of men. If you don't have power with God, you can forget the power with men. Folk are not going to respect what you say your power is. Israel wrestling with God. But God tells him, you've prevailed. Now, how can a man prevail against God? Now, Jesus, the, the Bible says that God's word is forever settled in heaven. It shall not return unto him void. He neither changes. He remains the same. But yet we find people in the Bible who bargained with God. We find people in the Bible who got extra years of life when God had pronounced death on them. We have people in the Bible who who when the word went out of God's mouth against them, they pleaded and wept with God. That's what prevailing is. God has to justly punish sin. Hosea just said he was going to punish Jacob for everything that he did. But when Jacob changed, his will changed. His heart changed. His mindset changed. Realize now he was only by himself before. Now he's got two wives with their maids and 11 children. The 12th one wasn't born until he crossed over. Your blessing, your promised seed will not be completed until after that change in your second crossing over. That's why I said we can't get stuck with one glory. We've got to go to the next glory. Then there you can't get stuck. The Bible says, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. You cannot be pleased just with where you are. Even though God might have you there for 20 years, you got to know deep down in your spirit, as soon as God speaks to me, I'm moving because I want the next glory. So Jacob changes the name of the place to Peniel. He says, for here I have seen the face of God. But the Bible says no man has seen God. Not in all of his essence, but he sought God for what he needed God to be. You cannot see all of God at one point in time, but you can see God where you are. Some people at this point in their life are seeing God as a healer. Some people in their lives right now are seeing God as one who separates, separating you from that which you've been clinging on to for years, killing you in the process. So he comes as a sanctifier some are knowing him as as a mighty deliverer who've been stuck in certain ruts all their lives they're seeing god for who he is and the bible says in the end here that when he was finished wrestling with the angel he said as jacob was leaving the sun rose upon him it wasn't just a one-night experience that we're talking here the wrestle here in the text is one but we're talking 20 plus years that Jacob had been in darkness finally after the change the blessing is pronounced upon him now the sun rises upon him I don't know about y'all but I'm ready for the sun to rise upon the situation that I've been in for 20 30 years the sun is now going to rise upon but you've got to wrestle for your blessing. It's amazing how God does names because in the Old Testament, he became whatever they needed. So he would become Jehovah Jireh. Then he'd become Jehovah Zikanu, Then he'd become Jehovah Shammah. So not only does God change his name, but God changes your name. He has to change his name And when his name changes, that means he just becomes something different to you. And when he becomes something different to you, you can no longer stay the way you are. Jacob could never be Jacob again after wrestling with God. Although he did stay Jacob for a few more chapters. If you read it, he was still Jacob. Because we find him again, trickery with Esau. Because he says, Esau, I'm going to follow you to your dwelling place, reconcile our relationship. And Esau says, come on. He says, no, 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 Esau, you go on ahead of me. Here he is again playing games with his brother. Jacob never made it to his brother's house. The next time we see the two together is when they bury their father. So he, he still has something in. So even after the change, there's going to be a struggle for you to stop doing what the old man did. There's going to be a struggle for you to stop lying to yourself. There's going to be a struggle for you to stop trying to deceive yourself and deceive others and trying to say that you're happy when you're really depressed. So now we see the sun arising. He prevailed against God. Luke 21 says, when Jesus is telling them about the trials and the tests and the great pressure that the church is going to be under, he says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Patience is something that we really don't want to have to learn to endure. (laughs) Because we live in a world now where we want it now. I don't want to wait. We have drive through And we come to church and we want drive through deliverance. Quick shout, little run around the building. All right, that must have did it. But then we find ourselves that Sunday night in the same stupor, in the same depression, wanting to change, came unchanged, tried to shout into some victory, and left unchanged. Why? Because it takes time. And do you know that you will not reach eternity until time has run its course? Time has to run its full course on God's prophetic calendar in order for us to be pushed into the eternal rest where there is no more time. We have to fulfill our time of wrestling in order to get the eternity and the blessing because Jacob's name was forever going to become Israel. In fact, the Bible says that we are the real Israel of God because we wrestled and also prevailed in the New Testament church. So he says, in your patience, you're going to possess your soul. What that means is you're going to gain control of yourself. Not that you are in total control, but because you're placing your hand in God's hand and trusting and believing in him, then you're not going to be in a place to where you're all frazzled over everything. There's something about God's grace that is able to transform to where folk don't even know how you're making it through certain things. They don't know how you're able to still keep on keeping on. They don't know how you're able to keep on making it from day to day with all that you've gone through. Some of us have have had rocky roads, deaths and sicknesses, illnesses. But yet you're still coming out on top. There's a reason for that. I think I'm going to end here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And while you're getting that, Psalm 66 says, I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. Psalm 77 says, I cried unto God with my voice. Even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. This is why I always say, open your mouth and give it to God. We have to offer him the fruit of our lips. There is great power in praising God with our lips and with our mouth and with our voice. We can meditate with our mind, but when we put it into action, you're actually putting things out into the atmosphere. The thing I like about that is that when God is dealing with you in your prayer hour and you're out praising God and speaking in tongues, the Bible says you're speaking mysteries unto God. And not only that, but you're building yourself up. But guess what? The devil can hear that. And when he hears your blessing, at the same time he's simultaneously hearing his curse. But God has to have control over you, all right? I said 2 Corinthians 4. I believe I want verse number number 8. Now picture Jacob in this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. All right. There's a quote I have here from A.W. Tozer. He says, The Lord cannot fully bless a man until he has first conquered him. The Lord can never fully bless you until he's conquered you. Because remember, he blesses what he possesses. If he doesn't possess you, then the blessing doesn't belong to you. This is, always, this is why we always say if, the, two, the big word, if. In conclusion, there must be a, a such night in every life, a night in which the sinful past shall go down forever into the depths of unfathomable waters. The wrestling of Jacob was three things. It was long, it was desperate, but most of all, it was successful. Sometimes we go long and we're desperate, but we don't hang on for the success of it. Like I said, will you chase God with the same tenacity as you've chased and fought for everything else in your life? One thing we said at the last retreat, When Jesus finally submitted to the father, the father slew him. When Isaac gave in to Abraham's will, he laid down willfully on the altar. He wasn't 10 years old. He was a grown man. He could have easily said, no, I'm not going. But he gave in and said, I'm going to trust the God that my father serves And when he trusted the God that his father served, that God became his personal Savior, saved his own life. So for some of us, it's been long. For some of us, it's been desperate. (laughs) Lord, could you please do something? It's like you're going to lose your mind. You say something's got to give. But if you wrestle with God enough to prevail, but he's going to ask you your name. He's going to ask, who are you? And when he's asking, who are you, he's really asking, what can I be for you? And Jacob walks away and says, I'm changing the name of this place from the camp of God to the place where I saw God face to face. And not only did I see him face to face, but I lived. You'll get to the place to where you say, all I've been through, I'm alive. Not physically. I'm alive spiritually. I was able to live past that which I thought would kill me. I thought Esau was going to kill me. But when I found out that I could stand in, in the ring with God and convince him with my tears, And my repentance and my desire to be changed from the inside. He says, Now you have power not only with man, but you have power with God. You prevailed against God. Let's stand to our feet. Do you have time for change? There's a glory that we got when we first received the Holy Ghost. For some, They've gone 30, 40, 50 years and haven't seen another glory yet. It's only been that one glory. You can't live as an infant for 30 years. There has to be some change involved in the process. Many times it's change that we don't want. But when you ask God to show me your glory, to show me your will for my life, And he says, who are you? You're going to have to spill it to him. It's like Achan. When Joshua told Achan to give God glory, he meant confess who you are to him. Because you've lied about it for so long. We're going to pray. Let's bow our heads, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your word. The Bible says that your word is able to convert the soul. You're able to change us from the inside out. Or not that we just might put down the things on the outside, man, but that you might be able to give us a transformation of our spirit, of our minds, that we might take on your will, that we might take on your vision for us. Father, we humbly submit our will to yours. We honestly put who we really are before you all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our doubts. We want you to reveal to us who we are, that we might be changed. Lord, change the meaning of our lives. Change the essence of our being. Hallelujah. Lord, even in this place, that as we leave this place, the sun would rise upon these, your people. A new day, a new anointing. Another glory, the next glory that you have. In the name of Jesus, we forget those things which are behind and we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And we might be taken from glory to glory until we're ultimately changed into your exact image. Cause us, Lord, to look a little more like you today than we did yesterday. In the name of Jesus, give us grace and mercy sufficient for every test and trial whatever's going to come our way lord we pray that your anointing will be able to destroy every yoke we ask lord that you would abolish every plan of the enemy to attack us in our minds every household that is under attack we push back the forces of darkness and we speak blessings in the name of jesus there's power in your word to bless There's power in your word to speak life to our brothers and our sisters in Christ. In the name of Jesus, give everyone here what they need, whether it's spiritual, emotional, natural, financial. Lord, we are your people. You purchased us with your blood. We give you praise, honor, and glory for victory. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Have your way. Cause us, Lord, to affect others lives cause us to give birth to that final offspring of our blessing now that we're crossing over in the name of Jesus hallelujah we love you tonight Lord hallelujah we honor your presence in the name of Jesus those that have illnesses Lord let your blood prevail let healing virtues go forth prove yourself again Lord Hallelujah. We wrestle. We toil in the spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Ah, we thank you that we'll never be the same again. Ah, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.